It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Eastern Conference is a mess. How the Orlando Magic take advantage and where the Orlando Magic fit in. It's time for a global edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 19th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we do not have the guests that I promised. Um, I ultimately decided better to keep our conversation went a little longer than I anticipated. Um, better to keep those two episodes together. So we will have a guest on the show Monday and Tuesday. We'll finish off this week with our mailbag episode that's happening live Wednesday at 5 p.m. We'll have the whole hour there, and then we'll split split it up into two parts for um, for the audio portion of the podcast. Uh, but we have a busy week planned, so I decided to delay our guest. It's recorded. It's in the can. I just got to edit it. Uh, we're going to delay that guest to next week. We'll do the mailbag on Wednesday, again, live at 5 p.m. on the YouTube, on the, the Lockdown Magic YouTube page as well as on, the, on my Patreon page. At Orlando Magic Hub, um, we got a lot going on. Uh, the season may be over. The, the fun part of the offseason may be over. We got a lot going on. And so today I just want to take a global look at things. A lot of us say the Orlando Magic are going to be a playoff team. So will they? We'll talk about the competition in the Eastern Conference and why the top of the Eastern Conference, especially really the whole conference, is a mess and why the Magic are going to take advantage of that. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Like I said, I did have a guest originally planned for today. I know I teased teed that up and teased it. Um, we're going to get into the offseason, the Magic's outlook, some of the Magic's philosophies, 
as well as um, some of the playbook things that the Orlando Magic are doing and should be doing um, as they evolve to their next step with a, a fallen art. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to completely butcher this name now. Now that now that he's not here, Fazan uh, Fa, Amer. Sorry, sorry about that, Fazan. Um, Fazan Amer. Uh, of the Six Man Show. He will be on the show Monday and Tuesday of next week, so you have that to look forward to. Plus, I'm going to say it again because I want people to show up for it. Um, I know some of you listen to this show, uh, so I'm going to get it in early. Wednesday, July 19th, that's today at 5 p.m. on the Locked On Magic YouTube page, we're going to be doing a live Locked On Magic show. Um, that's going to be our mailbag show. Get all your questions for the offseason in. We'll do more of them. But get those questions in now. I'm going to answer uh, any question, uh, pretty much any question that is asked um, during that hour, and that'll be our shows for the rest of the week. But since I had this spare show, um, I, I think it's a good point to kind of sit down and think about where the Magic actually stand um, in, in the Eastern Conference pecking order. Because the offseason, for the most part, not entirely, for the most part, is over. The teams that are going to make moves have made their moves. Uh, there are few rosters. There are only a few roster spots remaining. Um, there just isn't a lot of action left to do. Um, if 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 you're looking for it, and so after summer league is typically when everyone kind of takes their vacations, when the NBA goes quiet, just kind of. So, you know, settles off and go, goes off into the distance and, and does its thing. Um, it is, it's obviously a, uh, 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 this is the quiet part of the summer. Um, you know, and while there will be plenty to get to, we got pro-ams this weekend. We got the FIBA World Cup beginning uh, at the end of August, but training starting in early August. So we're going to get a good look at Paolo Bancaro before then. We're going to get to see Franz Wagner. We're going to get a good checkup on where the Magic are. So I will reserve the right to change these power rankings and, and change my thoughts on some of these teams. But we, at this point at least, have a little bit of stability to say, okay, where are the Orlando Magic in the grand scheme of the Eastern Conference? Let's take this first segment to review where we're at. The Orlando Magic this offseason added three players. Anthony Black, Jet Howard in the draft, and Joe Ingles in free agency. The players that the Magic dropped to add those players, Admiral Schofield, great two-way guy, upgraded to a regular contract, but, you know, not a heavy rotation player. Michael Carter-Williams, who was added late to the roster um, as sort of a reward for being the great vet outside of the locker room. Um, and Bull Bull, who was in the rotation but fell out of it. As I said on an earlier episode, at it's at the very least, we could say the Magic got better because they added three rotation players and dumped three non-rotation players. Um, we know that this team made some very significant strides last year. 22 to 34 wins. That 12 win improvement was the largest win improvement in the Eastern Conference. Um, this is a team that, after December 7th, finished sixth in the league in defensive rating. Um, they really carved out their identity and went 29 and 28 over the last three quarters of the season. And while that is usually not something to write home about, coming from a 22 win team to the point where you were playing 500 basketball, 
that's going to get you in the playoffs. The question I think everyone has for this season is, is there enough internal improvement to get this team not just to that 500 level, which they played at for a good chunk of last season, but beyond that, is this team really a 45-win team instead of a 40-win team or 41-win team? Is this team capable of taking a bigger leap? And look, the Magic are setting themselves up to do it. Um, the gamble the Magic have made, the the, the bet or the, the thesis statement of what the Magic have done this year, this offseason, is essentially the thesis of what the Magic have done this offseason is essentially to say, we were good last year, but we were also young, the fourth youngest roster uh, in the league. We believe we can take another step forward just by the natural progression of our young players. So let's keep everything virtually the same. Let's keep that stability. Let's keep the good vibes going. And let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when we roll the ball balls out. What happens if we don't suffer the catastrophic injuries uh, uh, that the Magic had at the start of the season that led to their 5-20 and 20 start? Now, uh, I think a lot of us who know these things, who think about these things, would argue that as much as the Magic were the 29-28 and 28 team, they were also the 5-20 and 20 team. So we do have to guard against that. And maybe by adding Anthony Black, the Magic have done that by adding yet another ball handler. You know, instead of last year... When the Magic lost all three of their ball handlers, now they have a fourth. Then again, I would also add, and I think a lot of the players would agree, that Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner's experiment at point guard was actually valuable to them and, and valuable to their development, even if the team wasn't winning. The question, there are just so many questions about this team. But at the end of the day, when you boil everything down, if the Magic believe that their goal, once again, is to level up, to play better basketball, whatever whatever buzz phrase you want to say, they were the last team eliminated from the playoffs last season. They were the last team that still had a shot at making the play-in tournament. Down to game uh, 79, eliminating game 79. If they're going to level up again, if they have truly gotten better, and at the end of the day with a young team, all you want to do is get better. If they have truly gotten better, there's only one place for them to go, and that's to the playoffs. So where are the Magic situated in the Eastern Conference? Well, for that, let's dive in and talk about the teams they'll be competing with to get into that play-in tournament and try and figure out where they stand. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no, no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We want to thank you once again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Don't forget, we're going to do a live episode of Locked On Magic Wednesday, July 19th. That is today at 5 p.m. All you have to do is log in to the Locked On Magic YouTube page. Uh, I think that's youtube.com slash Locked On Magic. It may not be, but go to YouTube, search for Locked On Magic. Um, if you're watching this video, just click on the little Locked On Magic uh, title that's down there somewhere uh, where I'm pointing. Um, and that should take you to the page. Uh, I will make sure that the that the uh, around four o'clock, four thirty ish. I'll make sure that the that the 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 screen is up, that the that the the page is set up, um, and it'll just be waiting for me to hit start and go. Um, I'm really excited for this live show. I'm hoping to add a little bit of an interactive element as well uh, for my Patreon subscribers. You can check that out at Orlando Magic Hub. But we'll see if that part works. There will be a live show. I will take your questions in the comments at the or in the scrolling comments section. At the very least, um, again, that is today, July 19th at 5 p.m. I want to make sure everyone shows up, and we will see you uh, for our live episode to finish off the week. But let's get back to where the Magic stand in the Eastern Conference because, you know, I think there's 10 teams making the play-in tournament does indeed feel like a lot. Um, it, it, it feels like it is something, it, it feels like a fairly low bar to clear. Um, but I think it's important to, to know two things. Uh, one, the Eastern Conference is pure chaos. I'm going to get to the top of the conference at the end of the show. Uh, uh, we'll get to some of the, the, the chaos in the middle of the conference. Um, in, in this segment, uh, but it's also worth noting that teams are better at building than maybe they were five, six, seven years ago uh, when Rob Hennigan was in charge. Um, it is, there's a lot of talent in the NBA right now. Like there's probably more top to bottom talent in the NBA right now than there has ever been. And, and you know, I'm not here to debate eras and debate which era is greater or not. There is far more talent in the middle and bottom of the league now than there than there's ever been, and and that is a good sign. That means that people are playing basketball and getting good at basketball. The sport is very very healthy right now, um, and so even teams in this middle tier that are on their way down are still really dangerous. And honestly, when I look at the Eastern Conference, I honestly do believe thirteen teams have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs this year. 13 teams. 
you know, I think we, some of us said that and believe that last year a little bit too. And even then the Indiana Pacers shocked us all by a not trading everybody, but B being a really good team. Um, at, at this stage, the Orlando Magic, I think, could be grouped in in in, in a grouping. I don't I won't call it a tier because because there are different stages, but they're in a grouping of team of young teams on the rise. And that would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. They finished fourth in the Eastern Conference last year, even though they lost in the first round. That is a young team. They took their lumps in their first playoff series. They'll be back. They'll be better this this year. They added Max Struess. They, they'll 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 be a better team this year. Um, the Indiana Pacers, um, as much as I think we want to say the Orlando Magic are the it team on the rise, um, I think the Indiana Pacers are due for a really, really good season. Um, they are, you know, if we're going to go on the timeline thing, the Pacers are probably a year ahead of where the Magic are. And the Cavaliers are probably a year and a half, two years ahead of where the Magic are. Um, I would say the Oklahoma City Thunder are like a half year, year and a half, uh, somewhere between a half year and a year and a half ahead of the Magic as well. If, if we're trying to compare rebuilds, which I would always advise not doing. Um, but the Indiana Pacers would have been in the playoffs last year if not for an injury to Tyrese Halliburton. They got a ton of offensive weapons around Halliburton with Buddy Heald, with Miles Turner. They added Jairus Walker, who had a really nice summer league. Uh, and and they got Ben Matherin, who's been who's had a really good rookie year. And then they added Bruce Brown just for good measure. Um, so another shooter, another solid defender. Um, I think the Pacers are poised to have a really good season. I would honestly say... I honestly feel like they are comfortably in that top six in the East. It, it, my top six in the East are Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, Miami, uh, Cleveland, and uh, and and Indiana. Like I, I think Indiana is going to have a really really good year. So let's throw those teams out. Um, we're talking about the play-in tournament for the Orlando Magic this year. The goal is to make the play-in tournament, and that is a realistic goal. Of all the other teams competing for the play-in tournament, I've already taken Cleveland and Indiana out. Those are teams clearly on the rise. Everyone else in the East has legitimate problems and real, real, real questions about them. Um, you know, you look at the two teams that that made the playoffs that I haven't mentioned so far. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, um, you know, were not the same team after they traded Kevin Durant. They staked a pretty big lead. Macau Bridges had a, a blistering individual finish of the season. He and Cam Johnson were a really nice place for that rebuild to start. But that's, you know, and they got some good veterans. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, they got uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. They got some good veterans. Like, I don't think we should count Brooklyn completely out of the playoff picture. But that's a team that's lacking the star power, perhaps, to make it all the way through the year. Um, that could be a team that I think could sneak into the play-in for sure. Um, they are probably more optimistic about their future than some of the other teams we're about to discuss. But Brooklyn... Uh, the Magic should be better than the Nets. The Magic blew out the Nets late in the season. The Magic should be better than the Nets. So that's one playoff spot. We take we took that playoff spot out, gave it to Indiana. So there's Indiana's playoff spot as a sixth seed. The Atlanta Hawks, who finished seventh last year, uh, won the play-in tournament to beat Miami in the play-in tournament to to climb from eight to seven. Atlanta's kind of a weird team. Trey Young and Dejounte Murray are still there. They're still proven. They're still a really dynamic backcourt that's going to be really difficult to handle. Atlanta has some interesting pieces as well. They got DeAndre Hunter still. They've got Onyeke Okongwu. They're trying to trade Clint Capella desperately right now um, to kind of complete that roster. But they lack a little bit of size. Honestly, if it came down to a series between the Magic and the Hawks, I kind of like the Magic um, just because of the size advantage that they have. Um, I'd be a little concerned in that play-in game against them because Trey Young in a single game could be very, very dangerous. Uh, but 
that's that Atlanta team did not get better this offseason. Um, just to be perfectly honest, they traded John Collins in a salary dump essentially, um, and did not replace him with another power forward. They're going to start DeAndre Hunter at power forward. Um, and so I think outside of Trey and DeJounte, they're still capable of winning and still capable of making the playing tournament, but I don't think they have it this year. Um, and so there, that's another playoff spot that is opened up for the Orlando Magic to take. And, you know, I think Orlando is very much in this range of teams that are going to be competing for a playing tournament with Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner making the growth with the kind of depth, with the young depth that they have, they're going to make mistakes for sure. But they're very much in the mix for a playing tournament. I'm publishing my uh, post-Summer League Eastern Conference Power Rankings on my Patreon page later today. I have the Orlando Magic at 8th. Just spoiler alert there. You can see some of my reasoning uh, on the Patreon page. But I do think the Orlando Magic are a play-in team because the other teams that they'd be competing with are also very good, and I'm not going to say that they won't make it. But they have a lot of questions too. You start with the Chicago Bulls. Yes, Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine is still more than enough to win in the NBA, but that team was still 10th last year, even with those three players, even with the defense as good as it was last year. They're still missing something, and and it doesn't feel like they added enough to get themselves over the hump. They don't have Lonzo Ball. That, that roster is still just mismatched, and they're just destined to be in the middle. They, they're going to be in the play-in tournament in all likelihood. They're too talented not to be. But that Bulls team, now that they're free of their responsibilities to the Orlando Magic, probably need to think about rebuilding and restarting that whole thing. They went all in, and they've gone craps. They've they, they busted uh, there. The Toronto Raptors are another team that is very much in that mix of teams that should be in the play-in tournament and should be considered a potential play-in tournament team. But now we got all these rumors that Pascal Siakam might get traded. Now OG Ananobi might get traded. They lost Fred Van Vliet and only replaced him with Dennis Schroeder. They've got a new coach um, uh, uh, and Darko Rajkovic uh, on the bench. This is still a veteran team, and, and I don't want to discount them. But that is a team that is probably at the end of its line. They're probably restarting very, very soon. Not that they can't be competitive. And, and I think that's the big thing as we look at this Eastern Conference there's a lot of teams that feel like they're on the decline. You know, Washington is out. Washington is tanking this year. They, they, they might be frisky and competitive, but the minute an injury hits, they're going to kind of fall apart. Um, you know, Detroit, Detroit could be good. You know, Cade Cunningham coming back from the injury, everyone forgets how good he was. They could still be very, very dangerous. I, I don't want to put anything past Detroit, but Detroit probably ain't it either. Um, and they're probably still a year away. They're, if we're going to go by the timeline thing, they're they're a year behind the Magic. And, you know, Asar Thompson's going to need time to make mistakes, and they're probably not ready to be super competitive yet. They're just too young at this point. Um, uh, who am I missing? Uh, Charlotte, I think, has an outside chance of staying in the playoff race, and I'd still put them in that conversation. Um, they were a playing team the, the previous two seasons before the LaMelo Ball injury last year. Um, a, a lineup of LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward is still very potent offensively. They don't really have a center, but they like Kai Jones a lot. Um, Brandon Miller is going to be there, going to be in the mix, and and he can be a very good player. And if they get Miles Bridges back, they do have the core to kind of be a competitive team again. But again, if injuries hit, they could be in trouble. They don't have a lot of depth. I have a hard time believing a Steve Clifford team is going to be bad two years in a row um, in the ways that they were bad. But Charlotte's 
definitely not a team I would bet on. And so when we look at this picture, when we look at this play in picture, the Magic, you know, just assuming moderate growth, honestly, even if they're just what they were last year, the Magic should be in the picture. The Magic should be a play-in team. I don't think that's crazy to say, and I think the Magic will be a tough out for any team that they face. Um, They should believe they're going to play extra games at the end of the season. They are good enough. They are talented enough. And the Eastern Conference is just messy enough that they should do that. I've held off on talking about the top of the conference. We'll complete that look at the Eastern Conference by looking at the mess that is the top of the Eastern Conference. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Like I said, the headline says it all. I'm pretty sure I'm going to put it in the thumbnail. The Eastern Conference is a mess. Um, and, and like I said, I think there's a real opportunity for the Orlando Magic not only to make the play-in tournament this year, to, to be a playoff, a postseason team this season because of how messy everything is. Everyone else is in decline. Toronto's in decline. Atlanta's in decline. Uh Chicago is in decline. Brooklyn is bouncing back up, but they got to hit bottom first. Indiana is the only team, and Indiana and Orlando are going to be tied at the hip. They're going to develop together. Indiana, Indiana, Orlando, Cleveland, in my opinion, are the only teams that are just very clearly on the way up and very clearly have the potential to be more than what they are. I haven't talked about New York yet. New York is just New York. Um, no offense to them. Jalen Brunson's really solid. Uh, Julius Randle had a really good year. If he has another really good year, they're going to be a playoff team. But I don't think anyone's confusing them for a future title contender. What I'm talking about are teams that, that, that are not just growing, but growing to make noise. Cleveland, Indiana, Orlando are not only growing, they're growing to make noise in the playoffs. You know, They may take their lumps right now, but they're going to penetrate this top four sooner than later. Because the top four in the Eastern Conference, while they are well-established and have players, have elite players who are not going anywhere anytime soon, every team at the top of the Eastern Conference actually has legitimate questions. Like, it would not surprise me if Cleveland or or even Indiana, to some extent, I I don't think Indiana will quite get there, but 
it would not surprise me if Cleveland or Indiana pulls a Sacramento and is just a surprise team that gets a three seed that breaks through this top four, gets a home playoff series, you know, maybe takes their lump, maybe loses like, like Sacramento did in the first round of Golden State, but is a surprise enough team that they're like, oh, this team is not just waiting. They're here, or, or maybe they're they're here a little bit earlier than we expected, and you know, then they have to figure out how to stay there. That's 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 kind of the trick of these four teams is they stay at the top. But like all four of these teams, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, and and even Miami, have real questions. While I think they are still unassailably the top four teams in the Eastern Conference, they could easily fall pretty quickly. Um, to me, Milwaukee's still the head of the group. Um, you know, Milwaukee lost that first round series to Miami. Not wholly, but I think the Giannis injury was a major contributing factor. And, and Miami probably gets killed in the, in the cradle if Giannis is healthy that entire series. They're, they won so many close games in that series. Giannis would have made a really big difference. Uh, and so that's... That's I I don't want to take anything away from Milwaukee. Now Milwaukee has a new coach um, in 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 Adrian Griffin. Milwaukee is getting older, um, and like scary older. Their last two playoff series, their last two playoff runs were derailed by injuries. And while you can't always control for injuries, Chris Middleton is still dealing with some of the injury problems that he had from that 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 series loss to the Boston Celtics. You know Giannis got hurt at the wrong time, and that team just collapsed on itself. Some of it is certainly Milwaukee was very inflexible uh, under Mike Budenholzer, so a new coach might change their their postseason approach and, and make them a better team. That team is still incredibly talented, but re-upping with Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez also makes them a little bit older. And, and, and at some point, their window is going to close with that group, and they're going to have to find a way to surround Giannis uh, with the kind of talent that's going to help elevate him or that he can help elevate as well. Um they're still dangerous. Still don't want to face them in a playoff series. Still would bet on them being among the Eastern favorites. So I saw Milwaukee number one. Um, beyond that, Boston, you have to still consider Boston, but you know, because of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and now they'll have a second year uh, under under their under their coach. Um, but losing Marcus Smart is a big deal. Like, yes, they added Kristaps Porzingis, which should make their offense even better, but they lost their heart and soul. And, 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 you know, I think they needed a true point guard. If they're going to do that, I worry about their defense. Cause you know, I think Boston's problem was honestly their passion. And I do wonder if not having that on the floor and as, as much as smart might've hurt them in some playoff series and some playoff situations, not having that passion on the floor, I think that could really hurt this team. And I think that could really, um, really be a pain for this Celtics team. Um, I would I would be very concerned if I'm Boston. I I I, I do not fully trust that Boston is going to be uh what they were and what they need what they need to be and 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 to me again, yeah, Porzingis is going to help a lot. That's a team on the decline. They they're missing something in my opinion. Um Miami it feels insulting that Miami isn't my number one team because they've run the Eastern Conference for a while now. Um, in some respects, uh, two of the last three finals. I think they've been to three of the last four Eastern Conference finals. Um, they lost a lot in Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. They kind of, finishing as the eight seed last year, was kind of the roulette wheel coming up, 
you know, there was them like kind of paying the toll. You can't, there's a reason why guys fall out of the, fall out of the first round. There's a reason why guys don't get drafted and the heat have been really good at finding undervalued players. But at some point the numbers are going to say, you're going to get that wrong. And that day might be coming. Um, you know, they, they have a really good summer league team again. Orlando Robinson had a really good run. Um, you know, that day might be coming. And now they've got the Damian Lillard situation hanging over their head. Whether they wanted to or not, whether, you know, I'm sure they are trying to pursue Damian Lillard with everything they got. The longer this lasts, the more Tyler Hero is going to be wondering about some things. Um, you know, it, it's going to hang over their head. And, you know, I, I look, I'm not betting, I'm not counting Miami out. I don't want to face them in the playoff series. I don't want to face playoff Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, all, all that stuff. But again, like, these are legitimate questions and Butler's getting older and Bam Adebayo can't really carry the team. You know, Tyler Hero can't really carry the team. Even if they get Damian Lillard, he's getting older. Their window is going to be immediate. Um, if they get Damian Lillard, I think Miami is suddenly the favorite to win because I think they'll figure out how to get around his defensive limitations and it's Miami. But again, you can, you can start hearing that clock ticking behind them. Philadelphia, I think, is still a really good team. And, and, and they've struggled in the playoffs and they've got a new coach now, Nick Nurse, who's won a championship as had Doc Rivers. Um, but they got James Harden hanging over their head. And James Harden apparently wants out and the Sixers apparently are going to call his bluff and keep him there and see what happens. Um, they got a lot of talent on that team still. They're still a very capable team and maybe a new voice will help them get over that that second round hurdle. And, and, and when that happens, maybe the dam will break and they'll finally break through to the finals. There are probably fewer questions about Philadelphia than these other three teams that I've talked about, except that when James Harden is someplace he doesn't want to be, he causes problems. And so, you know, I don't know. The point of going through the Eastern Conference at this stage, though, um, and I just want to bring this back to the magic, the point of going through the Eastern Conference at this stage is merely to say there is opportunity to advance. There are a lot of teams that have a lot of questions that are not sure who they are or what they're going to be doing. And the Magic are a team right now that feels very sure of who they are and very sure of what they're going to be trying to do. Um, the only thing they haven't done is, do, they, ha they just haven't done it yet. They haven't proven themselves. Um, we can trust Milwaukee through all the questions that they have because they've done it and they're going to keep doing it. They have an elite player in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Paolo Bancaro ain't quite there yet. Um, you know, we, we trust Miami, even as an eight seed, because they've done it over and over and over again. And so even though there's all these questions and it feels like some of these teams are on decline, they're going to be there. But that window is open. And especially in the middle of the conference, that window is very open for a team to get through. I believe Indiana is going to be, going to be fighting for the sixth seed this year because that window is open. And there's no reason, as good as I think Indiana can be, as good as I think some of these other teams can be, there's no reason Orlando can't be a team that takes advantage of Toronto struggling, of Atlanta struggling, of uh, 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 Chicago struggling, to get into the conversation. There is no reason to believe the bare minimum this season is a play-in spot for the Orlando Magic. Because the opportunity is there, and the Magic have everything working in their favor, including their youth, honestly, to make that leap. And that's honestly why we can't wait for the 2024 season to start. The Eastern Conference is a mess. And that's exactly the way the Magic should want it because they can build and grow 
and advance while other teams are trying to pick up the pieces of their messes. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Switch your tune in Hibble and Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places in all the podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. Uh, the uh, link is also in the profile of my Twitter bio. Check it out today. A lot of great content, including a free video that is currently up to give you a taste of the kind of content I hope to provide on the Patreon page. Definitely very, very excited to get that started. We'll also be doing a live mailbag episode of Locked On Magic on Wednesday, July 19th. That is today at 5 p.m. Eastern time. You can find the link to that on my YouTube page. I'm going to post it around 4, 4.15, 4.30. Um, if you get in early, the link will be there. You'll be able to, to join the live broadcast. Ask me anything. It's going to be a mailbag episode. I'm really going to have no plans, uh, so just ask me anything, uh, and we will fill the hour and talk all things Orlando Magic Basketball as we get ready, as we wrap up the 2023 season and really look ahead to the 2024 season. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.